On this episode, we discuss can you use a Rolex as your deposit when purchasing a home and how many properties should you actually look at before buying? You ask real estate questions and I answer them. This is the Ask Daniel Los Angeles Show. Welcome everybody to episode 34 of the Ask Daniel Los Angeles Show. We have four very interesting real estate questions, so let's get started. Carla asks, the buyer for my home wants to use their Rolex watch as their good faith deposit. Is that even possible? So when you're purchasing a home, as soon as the seller accepts the offer, the buyer's supposed to send over a 3% deposit to the escrow company. They hold that in their bank account. Now, instead of sending over money, can you have the escrow company hold a Rolex for you, an actual piece of jewelry? Well, I guess the answer is yes, but the escrow company has to be willing to hold that somewhere. I mean, I guess they have a safety deposit box. I don't know what the answer is, but they would hold that Rolex for you. But then we get into a little bit of a gray area. How much is the Rolex worth? And is the Rolex even real? We all had, you know, we've heard these stories of fake Rolexes. So that is something else. So now we get the watch appraised and now you got to pay money to get that watch appraised. Who pays for that appraisal? It could be a real headache. So don't do it. Take the Rolex, pawn it, sell it, do whatever you want, get the cash for it, take that cash and then send it over to the escrow company like every other buyer would across the country. Terry and John ask, how long does a listing agreement usually last? Before you put your home on the market, you are gonna sit down with an agent and they're gonna go over some paperwork. That's called the listing agreement. And on the first page of the listing agreement, it says how long that listing agreement is good for. So typically it's like six months that you're gonna give your agent a chance to sell your house, but that's not set in stone. You can do whatever period of time you want. You can do a year, you can do two weeks. I've personally have done one day listing agreements where I just take one single buyer into a property and if that works out for that buyer great you know that's then they purchase a home so i've done as little as one day listing agreement so there's nothing that is set in stone it could be any time that the owner of the home and the listing agent agree to patty asks how many homes should i view before buying one there's no set amount of homes that you should view before buying it i mean you could go to the first home and get a home run and you'll love the house and it's, everything's perfect and you buy that house. Or you can go and visit one property every single week for a year and you'll never find the right property. So there's really no answer to this. Uh, my personal best record is I showed three houses and the buyer bought that third house and I've done that twice. So that's my personal best record, but really, there's no set number that I could tell you. I do recommend that you do go to open houses and just kind of check out every type of property that's in the area that you're interested in. And then after that, contact an agent and then the agent will, will really hone in on what you're looking for. And then at that point, you might be lucky and find it on your third try. Mark asks, my lender told me I will have to pay PMI as part of my monthly mortgage. What is that? PMI, that stands for private mortgage insurance. That is something your lender 
is going to be charging you if you're putting down less than 20%. Um, they're basically backing themselves up. If you were to default, that private mortgage insurance kicks in and really helps them. So it doesn't help you in any way. So if you're able to get, if you're purchasing a property, I always recommend putting down at least 20% so that you don't have to pay that PMI because really it's just a complete waste of money and it doesn't help you out in any way. Uh, I have heard that there are some lenders that won't charge PMI. If you're under 20%, you kind of have to do some shopping around. Uh, that's getting a little bit popular, but typically you want to go over 20% to avoid PMI. That is it for episode 34 of the Ask Daniel Los Angeles Show. Good news, we now have a podcast of the Ask Daniel Los Angeles Show. Download it wherever you download your podcast from. You keep asking real estate questions and I'll keep answering them.